In this audio recording, Avia Pasternak of University College London and John Pike, author of Book Six, talk about the Israeli organization Courage to Refuse and discuss arguments about civil disobedience. As listeners would know, Israel is an occupying state. It currently occupies the West Bank, has been occupying the West Bank since uh, 1967. As an occupying force, Israel is using its military in order to maintain uh, the occupation. Now, and this example would be taken from the Israeli context. I use this only because I'm Israeli myself and I'm more familiar with the particulars of this case. The example I want to use is of a movement in Israel that is called Courage to Refuse. And that is a movement of Israeli reserve soldiers who are being called to serve in the military for a period each year. And in January 2005, a group of, a, a, of these reserve soldiers wrote a letter to the government in which they publicly declared that they are not willing to serve in the occupied territories. So they are willing to do their military service, but not to be stationed in the occupied territories where actually they would probably have been stationed. Now, the justification in the letter for disobeying the order to serve in the military in, in, the, in the territories, it wasn't that they find the service too taxing or that they find that they are being called on duty too often or something of that nature. Rather, the, the justification was a deep moral conviction. And this is a free my free translation. They say, uh, the occupation undermines the values upon which we were raised in this country, and it corrupts the moral character of the Israeli Defense Force and of the Israeli society as a whole. Now, this is, if you like, a public act of disobedience. It's an act of disobedience that is rooted in a moral conviction that a deep injustice is being done in the name of these soldiers, the injustice of the occupation, and that they are no longer willing to take part in this injustice. Now, I should add that because it was a public act of disobedience, it's not just that they found ways to exempt themselves from military service, it was a public act of disobedience, it was accepted with anger, with resentment by many uh, Israeli citizens, and also these soldiers are being punished and um, ex uh, they, they serve a jail sentence for refusing to serve in the, uh, in the occupied territories. Now, some Israelis view this as an immoral act. They say that these soldiers are basically defectors, that they are not willing to do their share in the deal, in the, in the task of protecting national security. So they, they argue that these soldiers have done something morally wrong. Now, I think that this is a misunderstanding, a mischaracterization of the action of these soldiers. And I think that, in fact, we can use the theories of political obligations we mentioned earlier in order to justify such an act of disobedience. So I'll, I'll give you the example. For example, in, in the case of the consent theory. The soldiers might say, we accept the consent theory. We accept the fact that uh, our actions signify that we accept the authority of the state, but still we think that there are some reasonable limits to that consent. We don't agree to anything. And 
we can't be expected to agree to contribute to collective decisions that are bluntly and obviously unjust. What we consented to is to obey the laws of a reasonably just society. And if the society becomes unjust in such a blunt way, then we, we have not consented to that. Moreover, as I said before, some consent theories tie consent to democratic participation. So we, we express our consent by participating in a democratic process. Again, the soldiers might say, we can't be, if that is the case, we can't be expected to consent the law to laws that undermine the very democratic process itself. And as I said before, these soldiers are worried that the occupation, one of the lingering effects of the uh, Israeli occupation in the West Bank is to, the, um, uh, to threaten the democratic process in Israel itself. It undermines the democratic values upon which this process rests. So the idea is again, yes, we accept the consent theory, but we did not accept, we, don't, we did not consent to that particular um, injustice. And also within the fair play theory, we can have room to that type of disobedience. So uh, to recall, the fair play theory says that society is a system of social cooperation. Now, that, uh, that distribute benefits to citizens, and as a result, citizens have an obligation to obey the law. But you can say that if the benefits of social cooperation are distributed in a way that is deeply unjust, violating the rights of some group within the political community, or alternatively, if the benefits are generated from a very deep injustice, as such as the occupation, then the moral force of the benefit is undermined and it can no longer ground that uh, obligation to obey the law. Or to put it slightly differently, these soldiers might say, we have indeed benefits, benefited from living in the state of Israel, but the benefits have been derived from a deep injustice which is the occupation. And for that reason, we have to do what we can to stop that injustice, or at least not to participate in it. Let me put to you two possible objections to the position taken by the Courage to Refuse signatories. One might be to say, well, as a citizen of the State of Israel, you have certain obligations... One is to serve in the Israeli Defence Force and citizens of Israel kind of sign up by staying in Israel to those obligations. And if you don't like that deal, maybe you shouldn't be a citizen of the State of Israel, maybe you should live somewhere else. Um, what's not open to you is this space where you remain in the State of Israel and... Uh, refuse to carry out your obligations as a citizen. Now, that's the first objection, and it's tied to the second objection, which is, what if everyone did that? And that's a standard sort of objection to the sort of situation you describe where you choose not to obey certain laws. Now, taking that objection in one way, what if everyone did that? Well, all the IDF reservists would refuse to serve in the West Bank, and presumably that's something that would be welcomed. 
But taking it another way, what if everyone did that? All the reservists would refuse to take orders in the IDF. The military arm of the state would just implode, would collapse, and that might be the end of Israel as a state. But what's the basis for taking what if everyone did that in that way? OK, I'll take these two uh, separately, mm. if that's OK. <laughs> so well, the first objection is why, why not leave, right? And if you haven't left, then you have to accept the deal as it is. So I think there are two responses to this, question, to this objection. The first is that leaving is actually not always an option. And I think we tend to view ourselves as uh, citizens in liberal democracies, you know, as the world is free to us, but it is certainly not such a viable option to, uh, to many people. So I'm thinking of these young Israeli soldiers, probably in their early 20s, some of them maybe without a, a career yet, some of them maybe with families. The idea that they can just pack their bags go to the, you know, uh, to the airport and expect that another country would uh, accept, them with, accept them with open arms, I think it's probably a bit far-fetched. If, if that is the case, then again we have the problem that participating in a deep injustice is something that um, uh, cannot be expected. The second answer is that even if leaving is possible, that actually might seem to us to, to be the wrong thing to do. Think again about this Israeli soldier who is called to national service and he's saying, you know what, I'm just packing my bags and leaving. I don't like it anymore. I don't want to live in this state anymore. It's not uh, just enough in my view. I think we would probably think that there is something questionable about that decision, that probably the right thing to do is not to pack your bags and leave, but actually stay fight for justice, maybe even take these costs that these young soldiers have accepted upon themselves but in their, um, in their disobedience. So, um, and that, I think, points to the fact that perhaps we do actually need a richer account of political obligations, account that is really not restricted to just obeying the law. And indeed, as we said before, we think of political obligations as not just about obeying the law, but also about sometimes doing things beyond the requirements of the law, such as volunteering to the military um, and, and so on, so participating in the political process. Maybe one of these political obligations is the obligations to work towards a just political society. Sometimes that means obeying the law. Usually it means obeying the law, but sometimes it means actually disobeying the law and fighting to make sure that the society is more just. Now, your second question was, why, what if everybody did it? And I think it relates again to the point of the goal of the disobedience is to make the society more just. I think when someone like these soldiers is contemplating disobedience, contemplating the option of disobeying the law, they should take into account um, the question of what if everybody did that? And what are the chances, really, that everybody did that? And I think it is right to say that if you live in a society where respect for the law is not very well entrenched, where you think that your act of disobedience might indeed threaten general obedience to the law, 
in the way that you proposed, this is probably a good argument against disobedience. The answer to the question is, what if everybody did it, is, if everybody did it, that would be very bad, and it is a reason not to disobey. But there are probably cases in which if I disobey publicly, if I explain the reasons why I disobey publicly, and if my disobedience is derived from deep moral convictions, which I explain publicly, that would probably not um, uh, lead to general disobedience of that nature, and therefore the, oblig- the disobedience can be justified. Dr. Avia Pasternak, thank you very much. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.